Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Select Bet. We are back ahead of the big kickoff from Scotland with our annual anti-post preview of the season. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, good, thank you. Very well. Glad to be back. It's amazing how quickly this comes round again, isn't it? It really is. Season four now for us on on the channel, and I think season five for the podcast. Yeah, and uh, it's become almost an annual event to have Paul Petrie from McBookie on with us to look ahead to the season that's about to start. How's things, Paul? Yeah, all good this end. Glad good. to be back on. And of course, the season's already started in Scotland. We've had a couple of weeks of the Via Play Cup. How's that going from a bookie's perspective so far? Yeah, it's been good. There's been a few shocks, a few Premier League teams not doing too well, as Greg will no doubt have noticed. Um, not too many of them. Uh, obviously, a few Stirling Albion going through, Air United going through, Wraith going through. Uh, so it's, it's been good. There's some of the, obviously those four or, four or five weeks of it, midweek and Saturday, some were better than others. Uh, but there was enough shocks each there to, to get us going. Still early days from a punter's perspective. I think I, I've said it many times, but... They like to have the full car to, to be able to bet on. So when they've only got a selection of games, then then they, they don't get they don't get involved too much. But good to get the season back up and running. Yeah, and Greg, there's obviously the early start to this uh, season with the cup gives us a few pointers, uh, and there's already a few managers who might be under a wee bit of pressure before the the league season's even started. Yeah, I think if you speak to any of the Premiership managers involved, they don't enjoy these. Early fixtures. Obviously, Steve McLean at St Johnson's had an absolute nightmare. St Mirren looked on to a sticky start after losing at Montrose. And obviously, Jim Goodwin had a nightmare at Dundee United. So, not a favourite for the kind of bigger clubs and in the Premiership clubs, and obviously United going down to the Championship. But you've got to credit some of the lower league teams. There's been some brilliant results, some great performances in those lower leagues. And as Paul said, Sterling Albion getting through, you're getting through. I think East Five performed pretty well. So some of the lower league teams have performed pretty well, but not ideal for some of the Premiership clubs. And obviously two teams knocked out um, already in the Premiership, Dundee and St. Johnson. Yeah, it always seems to happen, to be fair. There's always a few casualties from the top. Well, flight. absolutely. I, I put up on the channel to say, listen, just go easy on yeah. these matches. To be fair, we had a really good Betfred Cup. We managed to avoid quite a few of the banana skins and quite a few of the shocks. And overall... The sorry, the Betfred Cup, the Viaplay Cup. We've had a pretty good time of it. However, I did say there's always a couple of shocks, and the shocks this year were Dundee and St Johnston. Yeah, but the real stuff starts this weekend. Greg, we'll go through on this podcast. We'll have a wee look at some of the anti-post markets, focusing on the Premiership, some of the markets there, and have a look at Championship, League One and League Two, as we usually do. Greg, eh, last season, are we going to review how we did last season? I think we should. I think we did pretty well last season. I think the Super Nap, albeit quite short odds, was Motherwell to finish bottom half at 4-7. So we would be back to that. I think the, the crown in the duel was Aberdeen top three. And we think we backed that during the season as well at 4-1. to one. So I think after Aberdeen losing in that shock result against Darville in January and about mm. 10 points behind Hearts, that was never landing. Yeah. Paul and I had a good chuckle end of May to say, I can't believe that's going to land. And it did. And obviously Dundee to win the championship. Um, that was an app as well. And like Kilmarnock the season before, Dundee just doing enough and getting the job done to, to win the league. Don't get me wrong, there's a couple of losing ones at small stakes. I think Livingston to finish bottom two um, was way off. 
I don't see that being the case this season, and we'll touch upon that shortly. Yeah. And Bonnie Rig Rose, as League Two often is, it's a bit of a car crash. Bonnie Rig Rose coming up from the Lowland Leagues, and they had a really poor season. So yeah. um, that was this disappointing us. But overall, yeah, a pretty good season on the Ant Post stuff. Yeah, more of the same, please, this time round. Uh, and it is a, a marathon, not a sprint, with some of these, as you say, some of these bets that we put up last season looked miles out kind of halfway through the season but they still managed to land uh, that Aberdeen one in particular and we'll touch on Aberdeen shortly and how they are shaping up for the season um, Paul before we get started any early movers in the market for you so far or has it been a fairly quiet start as yet well the, the big mover certainly is St Johnson to finish bottom first bookmaker that went up with it were eight to one I think that was bet Fred that didn't last too long we've now got them into three to one second favourite I'd brought them in uh, after the the weekend result, the extra pressure that they were on. So that's been the big mover from a from an anti post perspective. Obviously, it's difficult for us because we are we try and be the first bookmaker out with with a lot of these odds, which which we have been. It's a bit annoying because we mark the card of uh, a lot of the other bookmakers. So from our own personal point of view, um, it means that we don't get too much value. We'll come to the top goal scorers later. Uh, TV Dar- Dara Maloa, I think I pronounced that right. <laughs> Uh, from Kelly Hearts, he's been backed into eight to one for for top goal scorer. Um, Brian Graham, I think, was put up by one of Greg's uh, uh, rivals uh, on on a tipping line, or it must have been a tipping line because the amount of bets that came in, um, unless it was yourself, Greg, but but somebody's put him up. He was backed only from six to one to four to one, but yeah. there was enough money around, enough money around for him. Uh, but the rest, of, the rest has been teams getting trimmed in and then activity based around their form in the in the league mm-hmm. cup which i must admit i don't take too much notice off uh, i think i've said it before really it's the first couple of weeks of the season that you've got to to take a look at and make sure that you've you've caught the bookies napping and when they don't up, update a team team quickly enough well I've also one just, just on sorry. that note just some of the prices that came out for the for the via play cup the, the bookies definitely were sleeping with some of those prices i think we I think across four of the five weeks or the four of the five days of fixtures on the Via Play Cup, some of the prices coming out early doors were phenomenal in terms of the value aspect. Obviously, a lot of bets backed right in come kickoff, but I'm hoping to see that um, as the season continues. I, I just uh, honestly, I mean, I just don't know what happens sometimes with these with these odds compilers or other bookmakers. I just I look at it and I just think. This market is definitely going to change, and, and we've got no choice but to follow suit um, and, and and lay them in the early early uh, bets of the week. And ultimately, I, I know you like tipping selections up earlier in the week. I mean, I don't back any selections earlier in the week because I know uh, I know bookies don't like it, and you have a chance of of getting your account marked up and, and get restricted the next time the, the next time you're looking to do it. But I mean, when you're putting up. Motherwell at two to five to against <laughs> uh, to Elgin, uh, and and then expect it, and then ex- not be wanting people to back it, and it goes off one to seven, one to eight, and then your account's getting marked up, and it's like you just sometimes you just think to yourself, well, and it's unfair to mark up an account like that because it's your own stupidity that's that's led to it rather than rather than them knowing more than you because you don't actually need to know too much about Scottish football to know that that, that that's the wrong price. Um, so yeah, uh, same with it. We I mean we know the reserve football, uh, the, the 
Oh, I'm very excited, Paul. Very, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just wonder where the, where, the, where the first Oscar. I mean, listen, it's difficult. It's difficult when you're having to be the first one out, as we found out with our, um, with our anti anti post pricing. So, so I can't, I can't be too harsh on them. I mean, you're. You, I mean, we put out our top goal scorers and boys, the keyboard warriors are out slagging off all the prices. And it's like, well, do you know what, mate? What price would you be? And then it's <laughs> like, oh, well, I'd, I'd be this. And you're like, OK, well, give us a bet at that price then. And it's easy saying we all know what the bad prices are. And we admit, admit them that, that ourselves that the kite can be quite bad. But you've got to realise you've, you've also got to build in a percentage and you've got to be prepared to lay them as well. So it's a, yeah. uh, you can't be too bad when you're going out for too critical when the boys are going out first. Yeah, we'll probably point out some of those prices <laughs> later on in the podcast, Paul. I think there's one or two that I've got, got a question mark against, but um, I'm sure you'll help us understand why uh, <laughs> some of them are priced up the way they are. Um, OK, let's get stuck into it. Greg, uh, Premiership, first and foremost. Uh, I think we're safe to say we're expecting our usual two-horse race between Celtic and Rangers. Paul's firm at Bookie have got Celtic at 46. They've got Rangers at 11 to 10. In your view, is that priced up properly? Is that to me? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope I yeah, it's priced up properly. Paul thinks it's priced up. Yeah, I think it is. Obviously, you've got the fact of that Celtic have been dominant, so dominant under Postacoglu over the last couple of seasons. And obviously to lose him was disappointing to Spurs, but Brendan Nodgers is back and he probably could have picked a, a better replacement. Knows the club, knows the leagues. Is it business as usual? I don't, I don't know. Obviously, Rangers think they're getting closer to Celtic. I don't know how true that is. And I, I think these places are, are spot on. I think had Anne still been there this season, I think Celtic would have been a lot shorter than 4-6. I think that bit of an unknown, although it's a, a returning manager, I, I think they've probably got this spot on. But for me, I, I never really get involved in the, the top two um, in the Premiership for, for various reasons. Obviously, the odds aren't great. And to pick a a winner like those those two, you would have to go for Celtic. But for me, it wouldn't be a surprise this season if Rangers got a little bit closer and there was more of a, a title race in comparison to previous seasons. Yeah, Paul, from a bookie's point of view, I would imagine that Celtic over the years recently have probably been too short for you to take a huge amount of money on them. And it's mostly probably in Rangers, optimistic Rangers fans, uh, where you've seen majority of money. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I've said it before, because of the prices of these two teams, most people put them in accumulators. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, got, I've just got here that in, in accumulators, Celtic are in 66% of the bets compared to Rangers sort of thing. Yeah, in the singles, um, it's, the, it's the completely other way around. Um, 66% of the bets are on Rangers. Um, so you're right. That's the sort of uh, that's that's the sort of way that it goes with with, with these particular markets and, and this particular um, backing of the two teams. Again, what will happen as the season goes on, if the field with left Rangers at too big a price, people will come in again for them. If they think that Celtic's drifted out a little bit too much, we'll maybe see a little bit of, of activity singles. But um, most of the time, it's including them in, in, in accumulators. I've been trying try to look at this dispassionately earlier in the day. Paul, um, and those prices, 46 Celtic, 11 to 10 Rangers. Now, this is a two-horse race. If you were to present to me a two-horse race where one team had won 11 of the last 12 races, um, they've got a new jockey on board. 
but that jockey previously won all seven of his previous races. The other uh, horse in the race, they've recently changed their jockey and it feels as if with a wee bit of change in their squad they're maybe trying some cheap pieces. I would take your 46 every day of the week. Well, I mean, when you put it like that, definitely. I think the problem here, though, is is that the other teams are falling that far and far behind that it just basically become, potentially comes the four games. And then when you look at it from that perspective, I know that, that Celtic have won the majority of them in, in recent years as well, but it, that's why the prices are so close are, are so close together. And I think what you're saying, Paul, uh, as well, is no one's going to pick, unless you're a Rangers fan, probably, anyone outside of Rangers isn't going to pick Rangers to win the league. Hmm. In my unlikely. view. Unlikely. Very, very unlikely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just thought the 46 felt like, like value if you if you take the um, the passion of it, I suppose, and look at it from a, a purely numbers point of view. I thought the forty six, albeit I'm not advocating people get on board a forty six shot that runs for the next ten months. Uh, I just think forty six looks looks a decent price on Celtic given where the two sides are at. Yeah, no, and I, and, and I agree with that. But again, um, when it comes to the odds compiling, you you don't want to make Rangers too big because. Ultimately, there could be nothing between the two teams because it literally does come down to to yeah, a match when, when they play yeah. each other at, at that time. Um, and and, what, and listen, what is really skinny is the, the thousand to one on St Johnston to win the league. We add an extra six zeros to that. <laughs> they were talking. I think somebody once said that about Leicester as well, Phil Greg, didn't they? Did, they? Yeah, so, they did. Uh, yeah, but you're true. right. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. The man who. The, St John's are winning the cup two years on the trot. I bet you'd have been saying, "No, that tell you what's too uh, <laughs> too big." That thousand to one for St John's to win both cups. Unless I'd put these back too generous. No, <laughs> he can't be too generous with these outsiders. No. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, we won't dwell too long on the uh, who's likely to win the Premiership. Um, it's probably not a market that we would get involved in anyway, Greg. No, it's not, and I've never really got involved in the top two. I think, as Paul said very popular on the old Akers and they, they, they will be in his 4-6 in Celtic, they'll be in a, a large chunk of, of those Akers for the coming season. Yeah, One market we are interested in, we have tipped up in the last few seasons, is who will finish effectively third, so betting without Celtic or Rangers. Interestingly six different teams have finished second in the last six seasons in the top flight, Greg. Finished third, sorry. Third, sorry. Third. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for, for me at the moment, I think there's definitely going to be a change in how that top five looks. Very rarely have we had Aberdeen, Hearts and Hibs in the top five. Last season was the first season. I don't know what the stats are, but as long as I can remember, I don't recall Aberdeen, Hearts and Hibs in any order being third, fourth and fifth. Mm. And you can see by the spending this season as well, Hibs have spent in excess of £1.5 million on, on players. And you compare that to the bottom of the league Budget-wise, a comparison to Livingston, St yeah. Johnston, maybe even Dundee to a certain extent, there's a massive financial gulf, not just between the top two and the rest of the league, but between the big city clubs, between Hearts, Hibs and, and Aberdeen. And I think for this season, there's absolutely no question at all that that top three is going to be either Aberdeen, Hibs or Hearts. And I'm very, very confident that the top five is going to be exactly the same top five in any order as, as last season 
Interesting. Um, the last teams to finish third are Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, Motherwell had a great season, Kilmarnock under uh, Derek McInnes and Rangers. I think that was Rangers finished behind Aberdeen in their first season up in the top flight. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to see past uh, those three, uh, third place coming from those three, Paul. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've went top price Aberdeen, Hearts and Hibs just because we think it's a competitive market, so we wanted to offer some value on that. Um, we uh, we've top priced Hearts two to one, which I think uh, I think fifteen eight is probably too skinny based on how how they ended the season, based on the signings they've made so far. Still early days because I know uh, transfer windows a couple of weeks away, and then clubs are still doing some business. So the squads that they've got now won't be the the squads that they'll have. Um, come then the transfer window, so there could be some some changes in that. I don't like the the setup that Hearts have got um, yep. in terms of the, the 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 managers. I think that could cause some confusion. So um, I mean, we'll come to the market later, and and we've got the sack race out at the moment, and we've got I put Barry Robson at thirty three to one, and three or four guys came came in and says that looks some value that looks like it, it might be worth a bet. I was very surprised at that. I was impressed with how Robson did yeah. work with them at the end of the season. So I think the signings they've made as well have been have been good. So I, I think Aberdeen finished third again as a, as a cracking bet. There's yeah. pressure on all, all three clubs this season, especially yeah. the fact, I guess when we talk about Hibs, Hibs have obviously spent some money. Lee Johnson's probably been given the biggest war chest of any Hibs manager over the last, as long as I can remember. And I agree with you, Paul. I think there's question marks over Hearts under that Naismith regime and I can't remember what the other guy's name is. I'm not convinced by Naismith and also looking at the squads, Aberdeen got a lot of their business done very early, eight signings this season. Hibs have signed nine, spending money and I'm not saying that just because they've brought new players in but Hearts have only signed three players. Only St Johnson have actually signed fewer players this season than Hearts. Odds wise, I, I do like the, the, this market normally but I think this season for me there's no real value here in in the market. I think you're right, Aberdeen definitely a favourite to finish third in my book and I'm very keen to see how this Hibs team shapes up this season but I wouldn't be surprised to see Hearts finish last out of these three this season, kind of got yeah. a feel at the moment I think the problem Greg is though that uh, the bookies have probably got this priced correctly. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. There's no value. They've, they've got it spot on. Last yeah. season, 92 in Aberdeen to finish third. We'll have some of that. Yeah. And to be fair, we talked up Aberdeen last last season at this stage um, and they massively underperformed under Goodwin and it was almost as if Robson kind of got out of that Aberdeen squad what Goodwin should have got out of, out of them. Uh, under 15 games, uh, as Robson being the manager, they suffered five defeats, two of which were the Celtic, two were the Rangers. Sorry, one was the Celtic, two were the Rangers, and two were the Hearts. So he proved over a fairly short period, but you know he beat all the teams below him. Yeah, they're also aided by the fact that Hearts completely collapsed. True. Yeah. The season that yeah. that obviously did did massively massively aid Aberdeen in finishing third. But I think it'll be a fascinating race between the three sides. But, and... but, but, but that's it, isn't it? So, sorry to interrupt, Greg. That's it, isn't it? We're talking about which team will finish third and both the teams, Aberdeen and Hearts, sacked their manager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how ridiculous that the, the, the chase was. I mean, the stum- they were stumbling over the line to get to get to third. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but it's a point that Greg's made there. The gap's getting bigger between between Aberdeen, Hibs and, and Hearts and, and the rest of the team. So you'd, you'd like to think that they'll 
it'll be a challenge between them three rather than what it was last year, which was stumbling over the line. Yeah, and I think like, as well, I think in the um, in the tweet I put out today in terms of tonight's agenda, I've put top six, one place up for grabs. And I fully, yeah. fully believe that is absolutely going to be the case this season. There's one place for seven teams fighting for that last top six place. And you, you couldn't pick you couldn't pick who it's going to be. You really, well, on, you really couldn't. Come on to that in a wee second, Greg. Before we do, we'll just wrap up on this kind of without Celtic or Rangers market. Aberdeen obviously favourites at 15-8. Hearts 2-1. Uh, Hibs 72 with McBookie. Just on Hearts, I personally feel as if it's just a, almost a, an inevitability that this managerial situation is going to be an absolute shambles and we'll be looking at a, a new Hearts manager at some point in the season. Don't know if you get you guys feel the same or if, if there is a well, way I think, to make I, think this Paul's got it, I think Paul's got it spot on with his um, sack race piece on the bookie. I think six to one you're getting for um, Naismith to be first to go. No, 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 no. no this is it. No, so I mean, this, this, this is, is what this I was going to ask you, Paul. Are you not allowed to put Naismith as manager to leave the club? Well, this is this is the absolute confusion about everything, isn't it? I mean. We've still not settled who the next permanent heart manager will be. I mean, we put really? in the market. Yeah, well, we put in the market who will be the manager on the first day of the season. So we called it that because there was a chance Naismith would already get 10 games as as is our normal rule for, for these markets. So we we decided to... And we're doing this a lot now with these manager markets mm-hmm. where we think that, 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 that teams are going to get it. Now, with the St. Johnson one, imagine he got sacked before they even got to the first game this season. I've already settled that as a winner. That, I don't, that, thank you, Paul. Been, thank you so much. That, that, that would have just been the nightmare <laughs> of all nightmares. But but with this particular one, we once they announced it, it was like, well, we're going to have to wait until the first game of the season because we actually still don't know who's in charge. And they've not actually named a manager. Now, our, our rules are, are quite clear that if it says if the club doesn't award a specific manager, then it will be whoever's in charge of picking the first team. Well, well actually, that's Frankie McAvoy. So I think we'll be settling Frankie McAvoy is the winner and may well just as a goodwill void bets on Stephen Naismith. Um, You're not going to pay out on Naismith? Again, if we do, it'll be as a goodwill, but I don't yeah. know if you've seen the interview on Sky Sports, um, <laughs> Sky Sports like that, during yeah. the week, but <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, we'll definitely be paying out on Frankie McAvoy and that's why, that's why for the sack race, I've, 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 A, we've had to call it first manager to leave the club. Now, previously, that would be first manager leave the post. Well, what and somebody's been on straight away. What happens if Naismith gets his badges and then becomes manager and McAvoy goes back to being first team coach? I says, well, yeah, that's why we've, the market is to leave the club because it, chances are he might end up becoming manager full-time officially and, and, and McAvoy stays at the club. So we didn't want to not offer the market this year because of, because of the situation at Hearts, but it's causing us yeah. problems with two markets, the next permanent manager and, and the sack race because yeah. of the fact that they've not been ballsy enough to just say, do you know what? Naismith's not getting the manager's job because he's not got his badges. So I think you've just summarised exactly why I think it's almost inevitable that they are not going to be the management team by the end of the season. Because if we don't understand what's going on, God knows what it's like behind the scenes. Well, I th- I mean, I think I, I think it's pretty obvious what's going on, isn't it? I mean, Naismith's yeah. making the decisions, and and uh, they just can't say it. And that interview, uh, they was talking too much, <laughs> and, yeah. and trying to getting themselves into whole sorts of problems about who was making the selection. Um, but it's just one of those. So, 
yeah, I think I think I think we are going to have to avoid the, the Naismith bets as just as a goodwill because listen, it's not our fault that Hearts have got themselves in a pickle. Um, sadly, that's the nature of these markets. Yeah. Uh, on Hibs, Greg, massive game for them tomorrow. Lost 2-1 to the Andorans last week in their uh, Conference League qualifier. F- fully expect them to turn it around tomorrow. Anything other than that, then Johnson might not make the first game of the season. No, I, th- I think... I don't know what happened last week against that Andorran side. I had to Google, to be fair, where they were from. and I'm not even joking. Um, Who, Hibs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But back at Easter Road, that that last goal was massive. That last minute goal, yeah, that yeah. absolutely. Obviously, the, the way goal doesn't count, but you expect them at home to, to get back into the tie, then see, see them off. But if they were to lose that match, enormous pressure. And his fans are quite vocal on Twitter and social media at the moment, saying they're expecting big things this season yeah. from Hibs. Understandably, given what they've spent, understandably, probably a bit pissed off they've been behind Hearts and Aberdeen for for a bit now. And obviously last season wasn't great. Knocked out the cup by Morton at home. Um, no cup semi-finals, no finals. Slugged away in, in fifth place. So I think it needs to be a good season for Hibs. And interesting to see where Hibs are sitting after the first kind of round of matches, as in the first quarter of the season. Because they're not, they're not in sitting in third. They're right up there. Hibs fans won't stand for it. And that's why I think... Lee Johnson is obviously very popular um, in the first to leave market. Yeah, and some interesting signings. I think Dylan Levitt was was excellent for the United last season. Uh, uh, they've added Dylan Vente from Roda, who's got a fairly respectable goal scoring record in the, the second tier uh, in the Netherlands, and he's priced up at twelve to one. Paul to be top goal scorer this season. We'll be touching on him later. And I see they've added Adam Lafondre as well, thirty-six yeah. year old. Uh, feels like a proper Lee Johnson signing. Uh, so yeah, interesting times ahead at Hibs. Um, no bet in this market, Greg, but I'm guessing. No, not this season. At, no, but is, Aberdeen is the, is at fifteen to eight, probably the. Aberdeen have to be favourites and Hibs must be better than last season. I think Hearts jury's definitely out in them for me. Okay, let's have a look at that uh, top six battle last season. (laughs) It was uh, St Mirren, who probably overperformed last season to to finish in the top six, Greg. Um, It would take an almighty effort for them to do it two seasons in a row. Well, you say that, I think that was the first time in 35 years, they made top six. So congratulations to St Mirren. Long overdue. Um, I find this really difficult to understand out of Motherwell, St Mirren, Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock have done some really good recruitment in the summertime. Um, Derek McInnes has brought in Matty Kennedy. Liam Donnelly's back. And as clubs go, when you compare that against the likes of Livingston and St Johnston, I think it's probably a threefold between... Motherwell, St Mirren and Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. But then you speak about Motherwell, who literally were a one-band team last season. Take away Kevin Van Veen's goals, Motherwell would have been relegated probably, or well, down right at the bottom. So I don't know how they're going to replace his goals. Theo Bear, obviously. Well, they brought Theo Bear in. And I'd, listen, I've seen Theo Bear play seven or eight times for St Johnston. He's a lovely lad. He's a big athlete, but in my opinion, he's just not a footballer. So I was stunned to see him go to Motherwell. Um, but I just think it's a massive loss. Losing anyone as a smaller club, losing your top goal scorer, but someone that's got 30-odd goals for you, 
don't yeah. know how that's going to work out. So for me, I think Kilmarnock could have a decent season. St. Byrne have got a bit of a million strikers, so <laughs> interesting to see how they got on this season. But that would be my kind of top two sides, I think, going to be fighting, or top three, you could say, um, kind of grabbing that last top six place. But then you've got Ross County. Who knows how they'll get on? Judy's out in Dundee as well. I think they'll probably stay up Dundee. Obviously, I'm very excited this season about the bottom two, and we'll touch upon that very shortly. But in terms of that last top six place, I think look no further than probably Kilmarnock and St Mirren. Yeah, I think it's an excellent point you make about Van Veen. Um, I was looking at uh, Stuart Kettlewell's record at Motherwell, which was nothing short of excellent um, towards the end of that uh, last season. Just two defeats in 18. Uh, I think maybe they were to Rangers and Dundee United. They had a win rate of 66.67%, which was phenomenal. Um, actually started the season pretty well so far, Paul. Uh, top the League Cup group. In terms of fixtures, they've got a fairly decent start. Motherwell, they're away to Dundee, home to Hibs, then home to Kelly uh, before going away to Harps and St Mirren. But you cannot discount the fact that they no longer have what a 25, 24, 25 goals Van Veen scored last season. Yeah, hundred percent, and uh, and it was actually a favourable group that they had as well. So yeah, I wouldn't read too much into their, their their league cup campaign so far. Um, I mean, we don't actually bet on on this particular market, and and, and this group season is is one of the main reasons why you've got Hearts one to five, Aberdeen one to five, Hibernian one to three, sort of thing. It's like What's the point? And, and people will only be doing them to include them in accumulators and what have you. And then really, you're just basically which one have you made a mistake on on the other ones? That's basically <laughs> what you hope for. And clearly, that's why Greg likes this market because you're 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 looking for that that bit of value. Um, but just on that I mean, point, I, Paul, there is at, no value this season again on that top six because there's so much because there's, there's so many unknowns with it, isn't yes. it? That, that that's yeah. the reason why. Um, I mean, and and because again, the clubs haven't made their full full set of signings yet. Um, so the biggest that, thing for that, me is you've got seven clubs in a one horse race, or sorry, seven <laughs> horses in this race. One one clubs out of those seven will meet top six, and that yeah, could be yeah. any of four or five. Well, that's it, and I think I think with the, this particular market as well, the, it's based on the to finish bottom market. So because yeah. what the bookies do is they take the to finish bottom market. You can't yeah, have Dundee to, <laughs> and reverse it. Yeah, and reverse yeah. it. Not necessarily with the same odds, but you can't have Dundee to be favourites to finish bottom and then a different price to St. Johnson to finish in the top six or anything because it, it then looks just weird. Um, so that that's for that, that's another reason why I don't like doing this market because because you're basically your odds aren't a true reflection of of what chance the team is of making the top six. It's just a bet. It's just based on 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 the to finish bottom one. So, and that's why I mean, last season Motherwell were my super nap to finish bottom six. Exactly, at, exactly. At seven, because for me they were up against six other sides, and there was always going to be a chance that at least one of those other sides would be decent. Exactly. And yeah, that was exactly. Yeah. And just touching on St Martin, Greg, I know I said it taking on mighty effort. It was pretty much based on the fact <laughs> that how long it took them the last time. I actually had the privilege of seeing St Martin a couple of times last season. And I always thought they were really good whenever I seen them. Um, and if Stephen Robertson can keep getting that level of performance out of his team, I'm not familiar with some of the transfer activity that, that they've done. But if you reckon that he's added uh, some quality to that squad, then there's no reason. I mean, they're 74 to fill that final slot. But I think, as you say, in terms of a market, it's probably just too much of a, a lottery, really, to get involved at, at short prices like that. Yeah, it really is. All the value this season in the Ant Post all set in the bottom six. Right. And, and, right. and do you know do you know the other the other reason as well, lads, is because if any bookie keeps this market updated throughout the season, 
you'll probably still get St Mirren at seven to four and Motherwell at six to four. Yeah, yeah, we're about four or five games to go because th- there will be nothing between these these teams that will be so tight. So it's like, well, why not just wait until you're closer to the the end of the the, the split before before having your bet. Uh, because you'll probably get around the same price unless you fancy Dundee at six to one. Then, then you probably say, "Well, I'll, I'll back them now," because you're probably not going to get them at, at, yeah. at that price. But that was where I mean, yeah, we were bamming about the, the the Aberdeen price. But I mean, you were saying, Greg, you got four to one, like well, about a month of the, the split to go anyway, because yeah, they, were, yeah. they were so far behind and, and and so they were on such a bad run. So. Um, a lot of the times with these particular markets, unless you're getting a, a true wreck, then you'll still get decent value throughout the season. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a look at this uh, the bottom half of the table then. Um, Dundee lead the market to finish bottom, obviously promoted last season. Tony Doherty is in charge there now. Um, pretty disastrous League Cup campaign so far. St Johnston sees them at 3-1 to one to finish bottom. Next in the betting is Ross County. Uh, we've got Kilmarnock at 5-1 to one and Livingston at 7-1, to one, Greg, and those are probably the five runners and riders in this market. Yeah, absolutely. I think Dundee is purely based on the fact that the new club coming up I do not. I don't think Dundee are going to finish bottom this year. I think in terms of actual banker material, there's two absolute bankers. It should be in everyone's acres if they can get them in the acres to finish bottom six. It's Livingston at one to three. I think that's an absolute the biggest banker you'll ever see this season is Livingston to finish bottom six at one to three, and I'll touch upon that shortly. And also St Johnston bottom six at two to nine. Those two were not. Those two clubs will not be in top six football come start of April. And I think there's there's definitely a bit of value to be had. Now, I posted on the channel about maybe two or three weeks ago that Livingston, based on what you hear Martindale say, he, he's coming out with hmm. hard luck stories already, hmm. the lowest budget in the league, got no fans. He's really he's really doom and gloom at the moment, David Martindale. And Livingston are now 8-1. to one as a result of that money coming in for St Johnston after obviously a really embarrassing League Cup campaign. But that for me, Livingston to finish bottom at 8-1 to one isn't the worst of shouts. And other markets available are Livingston to finish bottom two, 5-2. to two. St Johnston are best placed, I think, 9-2 to two to finish bottom still in some places and 9-4 to, to finish in the bottom two. So for me, St Johnston and Livingston are the two clubs that are going to finish in any order in that bottom two. And obviously, I've got blue tinted glasses on. Don't want to back us to finish bottom. I still think there's limits at eight to one still really big. But I think look, don't look any further than those two teams for me to finish in the bottom two this season. My concern, I suppose, Greg, is we seem to have this conversation every year about Livingston. No, no, I'm not having that. Last season, called it wrong. I think we know Livy are going to have a bad season at some point. But they've lost... They've lost a couple of key players this season, Livingston. They've lost Devlin, Omienga, they've lost Fitzwater. They've lost quite a few decent players in their squad from last season. And this is the first time I've heard Martindale come out really talking about the gulf in budgets, even between Livingston and Ross County, for example. There's a there's a massive gulf in, in budgets. And I just like what's been done at Kilmarnock. I think they're in a good place this season. I think St Mirren's going to be totally fine. I think Dundee are going to come up under Doherty and be competitive and stay in the league. Ross County have spent money, as I said. So there's only a couple of clubs you can look at to say, right, who is going to finish in that bottom two? And for me, definitely going to be, in my opinion, 
Livingston and St Johnston. Just not sure what order yet. Okay, Paul, is this a market you take much on? I know you were saying that the St Johnston price has been squeezed already. We'll take it on if if we don't keep up to date with the the times when the team's form drops off. So. As I say, at the beginning of the season, because we weren't quick enough to change St. Johnson after their slow start to the campaign, we'll lay them. Last season, although we're saying that Motherwell did really well, there was a time period just as before Kettlewell came in where they were dropping further and further down the bottom. They, we started laying them at 14-1 to 1 because we hadn't thought about how a poor form they're in. So this is very much a market that you need to keep on the ball on. Um it's easy thinking about who's going to win the league and who's going to win stuff, but it's you keep on forgetting about even Livingston last season. Although they never really looked like they would finish bottom, they went on Collapsed. such a terrible run. Yep. Yeah, they went on such a terrible run. But you've still got them in at twenty-five to one to finish bottom. And then actually, when you look at it, you think, well, actually, if they lose another couple of games, that could be a bit of value. So that's when we start taking taking bets on 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 these particular ones. Again, people will be throwing in Dundee and Ross County in their their season hackers. Hmm. Um, just those two clubs though are only in those first and second order because Dundee are the newly promoted club and Ross County were in the playoffs last season. I don't think there's much between four or five of those sides in the league this season, but I don't think the bookies are taking that into account. No, no. I mean that that is definitely why they're in it, but it's also it's how Dundee are going to cope with coming up to the to the, yeah. to the, the, the Premier League. I mean, obviously they did struggle to, to win the league, so it wasn't as if they were a, a, a massive Championship winner that was dead easy for them. Same with Kilmarnock last season. Again, Kilmarnock weren't, weren't actually favourites to, to finish bottom last season, despite mm-hmm. despite coming up. So again, that, sometimes sometimes you look at it and think, and that's because Kilmarnock had been in the, the league for so long beforehand, so that you felt that with McInnes as well. Yeah, I think that was a big factor, wasn't it? Yeah, McInnes? yeah, yeah. But I think I think Tony Doherty is a really good appointment for uh, for. Yeah, Dundee. I think so too. Uh, I think we'll be fine this year, Dundee. Yeah, yeah, um, and they've made they've made a couple of good sign-ins. Um, I think they'll be all right as well. But again, it's how how, how well the star uh, makes you. They pick up a couple of points uh, in, in the early games, uh, and then that should be fine. But there'll be value in this market again for the for the first five months of the season anyway. So. Um, this is a good market to, to, to get involved in. And that's a great time at the start of the season. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's wrong yet. All, <laughs> no, about, yeah. all based on opinion um, at the moment. Just looking at that to finish bottom table, though, that, that Livingston price of 8-1 to one just keeps on jumping out. I think they should be a bit shorter than that, but that's, that, that's the joys of getting those early prices up. In which case, which brings us quite nicely on to the, uh, what we call in this market, I was going to call it a sack race, Paul, but we need to be quite careful about how you've ordered this one. <laughs> next, next, manage, next person to leave the club, first manager to leave the yeah, club. Yeah, first, first manager to leave first the club. Manager we, we, uh, um, we don't call it the sack race because, of course, they could leave because they've been appointed as another another manager, uh, another sure. club eh, and they, they've not actually been sacked, so... Yeah. We got in a trouble for that once before. Oh, the boy's <laughs> not been sacked. Does that mean him? He's no the winner. And you're like, oh, God, God, we've got to change yeah. them. <laughs> You've got to change the word of that as well now. Uh, can he win? Um, just on that point, then, Greg, David Martindale is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the betting at ten to one to be the first manager to leave the club. Yeah, because you know what? Because you'll because you'll know the club. You'll stay, at the, you'll stay at the club, but you'll be you'll go back you'll be to be the, the operation manager or uh, you'll be, the. You'll be driving the bus. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I just thought I'd ask how you feel about that, Greg, given that you're quite keen on Livy having a fairly poor season. Honestly, if you were to listen and read his interviews so far this season, Martin Day. Hasn't he always been like that? No, not as bad as this. And I know it's all psychological and I know it's all let's play up as the as the minnows, the, the smallest team in the league, budget-wise, fan-wise. And I, I think he knows he's up against it this season, Martin. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's making sure that everyone knows that from the offset. Obviously, overachieved over the last three or four seasons. Overachieved last season. They had a fantastic start to this season, Livingston. And as Paul said, just after Christmas in the year, kind of really tailed off. But we're never in any, any danger last season of being sucked in to the kind of relegation or the playoff spots. But I think he knows that other clubs have got a bit more money to spend. The bottom, the top five are stronger. And I think there's a lot of clubs in the bottom six who've, as you'll say, got bigger budgets, got, probably got a better playing um, score as well. I, mm-hmm. I do I do fully expect to see Livingston struggle this year. I know I've said it about eight times already in this podcast, but mm-hmm. I really do. <laughs> I'm getting the impression that you do. <laughs> uh, just on Martin Dale, he's actually the longest serving manager in the top flight, believe it or not. Two years, 248 days as of today. So, uh, yeah, there's a, it's, uh, there's only a matter of time, is what I'm saying. Stephen McLean's interesting, obviously, at 6-4. Yeah. I think Paul's got Marcus at 6-4. to four. A new manager, he really has inherited a bit of a bomb scare at Medemi Park. Kind of, kind of years of neglect on and off the pitch. 17 players left in the summertime. Uh, over bloated squad with not a lot of quality in it it was always going to be the case that we'd lose a lot of players leaving in the summertime um, he's holding out for quality over quantity but I would say at the moment most fans are probably behind him given they, they understand the situation that we're in but we've got a really tough start to the season really really tough start to the season um, I think we play four of the top of last season's top five in our first five or six matches so I've talked about Motherwell being bottom. St. Johnston got every chance as well next season. And I think it'd be interested to see how we're sitting after maybe five or six games. We're not known for towing the plug-in managers and sacking them. Yeah. So I think they're going to have to give Maka the time. Money-wise as well, probably can't afford to sack Maka, really. I think they won't want to sack him. It'll need to be really lose seven or eight of the first ten games, maybe. For, for that to happen so I can totally understand why he's uh, heading the, the Marcus at the moment yeah the next in line is uh, Lee Johnson Paul I feel as if his coach been on a sugar lay peg a few times at Easter Road already well this is it when we priced up the market this season I went back to look at last season's uh, market and the favourite was Callum Davidson and the second favourite was Lee Johnson <laughs> and, the only, and, and only but only four managers kept their job and Lee Johnson was one of them um, so, he always got a result, Lee Johnson. He always gets yeah, a result when he needed yeah, one. That's what it feels like. Uh, it feels like a, a few times on the podcast last year, Greg, we kind of discussed he's, he's probably just one defeat away. I was accused of being anti Hibs last season, and that's absolutely not the case. I, I always praise teams when it's due, but I think when Hibs needed a, a big win to keep him off that peg and that shiggly peg, then he, he got it. Yeah, but I think I think as you say that we've discussed earlier, the result uh, result in Europe last week is another reason why he's so short. He could be sacked if they get beat a two to seven to qualify, so it's unlikely that they'll they'll not go through. But performances like that is is what what end up getting managers the sack, um, whether it be whether it be straight after or 
or a couple of couple of weeks after when you get some bad results. Jim Good were a perfect example, isn't it? I mean, he should have really got sacked after Darvo, but they gave him one more game, and he, it was it was a, an embarrassment as well. So he eventually yeah. he eventually have to go, even though they said they were going to stick by him. Again, we've always said this when we're discussing these manager markets: is how well people come across in interviews as well. For mm-hmm. Lee Johnson yeah. comes across terribly in, in interviews. Some of the stuff that he comes out with um, doesn't endear himself to the Hibs fans yeah. either. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's another reason why he's so short. But listen, with these markets, as I say, Callum Davison favourite. He ended up getting sacked, but, but I think it was Jack Ross that, that won this market last year. August. Um, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was in August, wasn't it? I mean, I again, it was pretty early on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it all depends on how results go at the, the, the start of the season. Uh, this is another market that we've got to keep on the ball. We take it down when we can and put it back up when, when managers get some bad results because something could just happen overnight that you, you miss out on. Um, and, and, and you leave it up there. What you can see, there's probably some managers that are probably quite safe, isn't there? That's what I was going to say. I, was, I'm looking, I think they're safe. I'm looking at a list here. There's quite, there's quite a few who've got credit, haven't they? You know, they could probably sustain a, a bit of a run of bad results. Obviously, you've got your Celtic Rangers managers, Barry Robson's probably in the job early enough and done enough to prove that, you know, he deserves a wee bit of time. Derek McInnes is pretty safe. Stephen Robinson's pretty safe. It's three it's, clubs, isn't it? Probably St. You'd say Kettlewell as well, pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. There's probably three or four clubs, and that would probably be St. Johnston, Livingston. Hibs and Hearts. That's the four clubs you would think about, maybe. Does Malky McKay come into the reckoning after just No, scraping, I don't think so. Through? No, he, he's been poverty up in the Highlands. Uh, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. I think he's got a good relationship up there. And I think they stuck by him last season. He will keep pleading the fact that thing was a really small village, town, city, whatever he wants to call it. But there's absolutely no chance they've got a small budget in that league. They've spent money again in the, in the pre-season window. I think was it 150 grand on? Oh, I've forgotten his name now. From from St Mirren. Uh, Brophy, sorry. So yeah, they, yeah. they're spending money that. So I think he's absolutely safe. They could be fin- they could be in the bottom two. Starting next but year. But remember, though, lads, this isn't this isn't this market again is not just who's under pressure. Stephen Robinson always getting touted for manager jobs back down back down yeah, in yeah. England. Uh, sure. He starts well with Saint yeah. starts well with Saint Mirren. Championship job comes up for grabs. He could be off ski. Derek McInnes again, always getting touted for jobs down down in England. Never never been interested in taking them so, so far off since since Aberdeen. But he could easily go if he if he starts starts well. Also, I think I think there'll be somebody starting slowly that that, that will be a sack yeah. this time rather than a rather think, than move yeah. to a bigger club. I think we're so used to managers getting the sack rather than being being picked off for their Positive. success. Positive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a very good point. Um, in terms of betting on this one, Greg, anything you would commit some money to? Um, probably not at the moment, no. I think Mark is too short. I think he'll get time to try and turn things around. Uh, I think Lee Johnson's very interesting, but the whole heart scenario is the one. I think to keep an yeah, eye on. Keep an eye on, absolutely. Uh, OK, let's wrap up the, the top flight with a wee look at top goal scorer, Market. Uh, Kyogo Furuhashi, who top scored last season as a favourite at 3-1. to one. He'll be there or thereabouts, no doubt, as long as he stays injury-free. Uh, Rangers have signed Danilo from PSV. Feyenoord. Feyenoord, wrong Feyenoord. Uh, who's in at 4-1. to one. They've got Cyril Dessers as well, who's 10-1. Then Dyson Maeda, 10-1. to one. Uh, Transfer activity might not be over 
for the big two in terms of strikers, uh, Paul, so that market might change. Lauren Shankland in at 10-1 as well. I think he finished third in the, the top goalscorer betting last year. Uh, what I did want to ask you was, can you remember what price Van Veen was before kick-off last season? It wouldn't have been a big price. Was it 66, was it? I was making that up, Paul. Oh, oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I mean, again, this is, this is what we get slagged off with, with these markets, but... I mean, sometimes, I mean, Van Veen got so many goals, but sometimes in these markets, 16 or 17 yeah, goals much, would be yeah. enough to, to, get the, to get the each way places. So you don't want to be going, and especially, <laughs> yeah, well, and especially though when when some of these teams only have one striker sort of thing, Shankland at Hearts. I mean, if Hearts is getting a lot of goals, he's going to be the one that's likely to get them. So you can't be, can't be I think the big, big one for these, sort of look at Tavernier. He'll probably score at well, least 10 penalties a season. He'll probably score three or four free kicks. There's 14 goals already. And he's at 25 to one. That's the perfect, that's the perfect example. And, and actually, this is what's making these markets even harder these days. There, there was a time when, when, when McBookie first started. Um, you literally only had two Rangers players and then two Celtic players. In, and yeah. then then it was a case of, OK, well, we've got the rest. Then people started getting a bit clever. What price James Forrest had finished in the, in the top three? And mm. it was like, well... Oh, the set like winger, midfielder, no chance. And then, so now people are looking for the. I mean, I've just went and looked. Um, we're ten to one, Miada. Corals are twenty-five to one. Wow. Now that's not a bad bet at all, each yeah. way. Um, and if, if again, you're not thinking the boys get injured, but even if if Kyogo stays fit, you'd like to think that Miada will potentially get enough games to get sneak in each way, place at twenty-five to one, and me yeah. even. And interestingly. Rogers has started with him through the middle uh, in a couple of yeah, pre-season games yeah. and scored, scored a hat-trick out in Japan. So, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, it's interesting. I think always the each-way markets provides potentially a wee kind of interest bet, I suppose. I'm looking back at the last 10 or so years. You've had Michael Higdon at Motherwell, 26 goals, top goal scorer. Adam Rooney at Aberdeen. You've had Liam Boyce at Ross County. Uh, you had Regan Charles Cook at Ross County as well. You had Van Veen last season as an example. You know, there is... Yeah, just on boys. He's 50-1 this season, boys. Again, yeah. that's purely because A, he's, he's been quite injury-prone yeah. over the last couple of years and B, Shanklin will Shad- still be the main man. He'll be on the yeah, penalties, exactly. penalties you'd yeah. imagine. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Rangers ones are the trickiest ones because... No idea. I mean, they've got... They've got... Oh, OK, Sakala may be gone as well. Uh, so you might can't come in. Boys have asked for Kima Roof for top goal scorer. Now again, mm. you're thinking, well, okay, he gets injured a lot, um, but he, he could end up coming back and being being the main man. You don't know yeah. how these other guys yeah. will, will perform. Sam Lammers, um, we put out his price. I think what we twelve to one or something. 12, yeah. yeah, twelve to one. Again, that that's because he's a Rangers striker, not because yeah, we necessarily else. think that he's <laughs> yeah, not because we necessarily think he's going to go to tear up the league. We don't know how he's going to perform. He might be absolutely stinking he might be absolutely great some boy comes on twitter and starts saying oh sam lammer seven goals in the last five years and and he's 12 to 1 to be top goal scorer thought to myself yeah that doesn't sound great stats so go and look of course if he'd have said the last six years uh, he'd had 40 goals in holland the season before sort of thing <laughs> conveniently left that that record out and then you went and looked his last three seasons have all been in italy which uh Man United have just spent sixty million on a guy who scored seven goals in Italy last season. So uh, it's just it, it, when you're doing it on pure stats or goal scoring 
goal scoring record over the last couple of years. You can't you can't compare that to how they're going to be. You just simply look at them as Rangers striker. What price is Rangers striker to be top goal scorer in the league yeah. if he plays? We don't know what formation Rangers are going to play. We don't know how often he's going to play. Could be the best price in the world. Likely it's a, it is a terrible price, and the, the boy's right. But it's 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 such a tough one to price up. Yeah, just looking at some of the kind of bigger prices, you've got Miofsky sixteen to one, Dukic sixteen to one, Greg both who impressed last season. Yeah, they both impressed. I'm not a massive fan of this market. I'm really not. It's not something I've ever indulged in, especially in the Premiership. Maybe in the lower leagues, but certainly not in the Premiership. Because ultimately, more often than not, although there has been players from other clubs involved at the top, there's a good chance that it's going to be either a Rangers or a Celtic player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on Tavernier, I think he finished as Rangers top scorer last season. He is uh, twenty to one to be top goal scorer, and again, maybe a wee bit of each way value there. Um, okay, I think that's us done with the top flight, guys. Anything else you want to add before we move on for a quick look at the championship and the lower leagues? Probably just nope. on Saturday's games, St Johnson v Hearts. I've, I've put it on the channel. Um, Hearts seventy five. I tipped them at last week. Now at five to four fully expecting them to go off at evens. And I'm not seeing Hearts in any great shape or form at the moment either. Obviously, I haven't played yet, but given the mess we're in, we're probably four or five players short, at least, um, of where we need to be. There's going to be a lot of recruitment done over the next two or three weeks. I think that's probably come a little bit too soon for us, off the yeah. back of a really poor League Cup campaign. So that's yeah. 75 on Hearts, I think. You have to be back in that. Okay. Yeah. Boys, sorry, boys have been back in Hearts minus one, Hearts minus two already. Um, just looking to get a bit of value on that yeah yeah okay let's have a look at some of these lower leagues I'm conscious of the fact that we're over 50 minutes into the podcast already uh, so let's try and run through some of the uh, some of the best bets in the lower leagues in the championship we've got Dundee United obviously relegated last season under Jim Goodwin had a fairly poor start to the season already but 11 to 8 clear favourites uh, to come back up as winners of the championship next we've got Patrick Thistle Five to one, Raith Rover six to one, Queen's Park fifteen to two, then Fernland ten to one. Um Paul, are Dundee United justifiably fifteen to eight favourites to, to win this? Do you know what? It, it, they should be. They should, they should be. be. Um I mean that's top that's top price. Um they're shorter, five to four, six to five around. It's not it's not clear top price, but but it is top price. Um again, it's one of these leagues, isn't it? You just we expected Dundee to win it easily. They won it, but it wasn't easily. We expected Kilmarnock to win it easily. They won it not easily. I think mm, could easily be a case end. with Dundee United here, where where it's not a safe eleven eight bet, but when the win you think is the best the best bet ever. Uh, I think the main problem with this is that, and we'll find out as we get closer to transfer window. No one's really made any proper business yet. Um, I mean, there's no and that. I know Greg will mention the price on Wraith Rovers later when he goes on his rant, but you've got <laughs> Parrick Thistle in his second favourite. There's no way their score's complete yet. Um, Inverness, Inverness, Cali Thistle. Again, all these teams should be adding in players before before we, we know how, how really good they are. Um, you just expect that, that Dundee United should should be good enough. Uh, I wouldn't be backing them at, at 11-8 myself. Um there is another bet I like, which will will come on to later in the top goal scorer market. Um, but I, this is just such a tricky league because mm. it was so bad last year. Yeah, yeah. It's been I so mean, bad for a few years now, to be fair. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when you look at our, our bros are 33 to 1 to win, which I assume means that they're, they're favourites to finish bottom. Just two seasons ago, they were challenging at the top of the table and a week or two away from, from getting into the top flight. Um, you've got United at 16 to 1. Fantastic season last season. Uh, Inverness finished quite strongly last season. I want to talk about Partick Thistle under Chris Doolan, Greg. Um, finished the season fantastically well, apart from the aberration at Ross County, obviously. 70th minute, they're 3-0 up, end up losing penalties and all that. Uh, they've actually only lost twice under, under Doolan. Uh, since he came in, I think he's done a, a tremendous job at Thistle. I'm not entirely sure they should be second favourites. I think that's probably a reflection of the strength of the, the rest of the championship. But he's done particularly well, um, and it should be interesting to see how they go, especially after a decent start to the yeah. season in, in the League Cup as well. I think it is a reflection based on how that league looks, but also how well they finished last season. What I don't think has been factored in here is Patrick Thistle probably lost three of their best four players last season. They've lost Doherty. They've lost quite a few players. I've got Tiffany, Tiffany as well, yeah. yeah um, who else left? They're literally out their strongest starting 11. I'm sure they've lost at least four. So they've lost Tiffany, Tiffany Dundee, Kyle Turner's gone to Ross County. Turner, Danny. that's it, yeah. Um, and the Kevin Holt defenders also went to Dundee United. Um, and as you say, Ross Doherty went to Dundee United as well. So They're big, big players. And I think for me, Thistle are too short at 6-1. to one. I, I think playoffs for them is probably the plan. I must admit, the last two seasons, as Paul said, I've got in my notes for tonight, Kilmarnock and Dundee got the job done. Mm. Ju- just, literally just kind of fell over the line. I think that could be a, c- a case again this season. I, I do fully expect United to win the league. I don't think it'll be pretty. I, I think they might do it maybe by a few more points than what Kilmarnock and Dundee did, but that's on reflection of the league itself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be a strong league, especially below the kind of top few places. I'm fully expecting our both to struggle. I think that's why they'll be second favourites to go down behind Deirdre. I think they're going to struggle this season, our both. But behind that, as you say, there's any number of teams. How old are Fairland do in the mm. league this season? Yeah. Question mark on that one. Ayr had a fantastic season last season, as you say. They've lost Akinyemi, but they have brought in a few decent players as well this season there. Obviously, Stuart, who comes on the podcast from the Ayrshire Post, he's been quite quiet on that front around how he thinks they'll do this season. But they have recruited pretty well. Too early to say how they'll do. And Wraith Rovers are the one that's really annoyed me. And I, <laughs> I, I expressed my dissatisfaction to Paul about two or three weeks ago. Because I'm thinking to myself, Wraith, look very decent shape on and off the pitch. They've got new owners. They're doing some clever stuff on the social media front. Just a total kind of transformation as to where they were at maybe a couple of seasons ago. They finished last season in terrible form. They were hopeless last season. Um, well towards the bottom of the league. They were one of those, I think the only club, maybe in the last four or five games of the season, who had nothing to play for. Couldn't make the playoffs, but weren't going to get sucked into that relegation battle. And that's maybe why they, they did suffer performance-wise at the end of the season. So I'm thinking, great, we'll probably get a decent price in Wraith Rovers, 12-1, to 14-1, to 1, and we're, we've got a scabby 6-1. to 1. They were second favourites to win the league about two weeks ago. We, we, we put remarkable. them in at 12. We, we had them in at 12-1. to 1. That, that, we, we were the first one out, and that was our original price. And then I think Bet365 went 6-1, to 1, and then people started them backing with us. So we had, and I'm we like, had how no could you have them above this old... Ayr, Inverness, Dunfermline after last season. So they're now seven to one best price I can find at the moment. 
I, I do think Wraith will have a very good season this year. I'm expecting them to be in the playoffs. But it's, it's going to be close. It's going to be a lot of teams beating each other. And it's probably going to be the same as it has been for the last couple of seasons. Not really a league to be backing on the win-draw-win market. No, I think last season at this stage, Greg, uh, we had Div talking about backing uh, five draws every week. I don't think I actually, <laughs> actually ever won, but I think if you're permanent uh, fives, fours and threes, you probably have got, a, got something back. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a super competitive league this year. And sorry, I've not mentioned Morton, sorry. They've had a fantastic pre-season and Betfred Cup. So, and again, finished, finished really well against they did, the, yeah. uh, with, under Doug Embry. Uh, one of the ones that we've not kind of talked in the potential promotion and, and winning the league reckoning is Scottish Cup finalist Inverness. Again, just fell short of a, a playoff place um, at the death last season. At 12 to 1, you know, because obviously paying 50 odds three places, uh, might be some value in them finishing top three. Yeah, there's there's nothing stopping them from making the playoffs. I think you probably lay a blanket across at least four or five teams in that league. Mm. I think the only two teams you could probably exclude are going to be Arbroath and Airdrie. Yeah. Might even say Dunfermline. We don't know how they're, how they're, how they'll get on yet. But yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be super competitive as ever. Uh, Paul, you've got our top goal scorer bet for us in the championship. Well, just talking about if we think Dundee United are going to win the league, but we don't think eleven eight is good value. I and we've had a not an argument but a discussion in the office about about what price these guys should be and I think Lewis Mole is seven to one for top goal scorer in that that league's not too bad at all. Yeah. Uh, as I say, Brian Graham's already been back, so he's now four to one favourite. Boy Rory Pat in at Queen's Park's five to one. Has there been money for him, Paul? He that was quite a surprise to see him in there. I know he started. I think was it four goals he scored last week uh, against Elgin. Yeah, but he was also top goal scorer in the in League One for Queen of the South, or, mm-hmm. or certainly second top goal scorer. Um, so, he, so he played well last season. I think he's still only about 22, 23. Um, so guys have again, guys have been putting them in, in their in their season long arcs. I think we have this we have this problem all the time with that was with Dundee as well. Um, you're looking at guys, and you think if they if they get a run of games, yeah. then they'll score goals. But the problem is they've not scored too many goals in the last couple of seasons because they've been so injury prone, and, mm. and Molt falls into that category. Yeah. Um, and you, you you are taking a bit of a risk and backing him at seven to one because because he's, he's not played hardly any games in the last three years. Um, yeah, but, right. got, sorry, I was just going to say I've got Molt on my my short list here, and I think as you say, you're kind of hoping that he finds that form that he found for Motherwell first time around. Obviously, the short spell with Motherwell last season and it never really. <clears throat> Came to too much for him, but he scored 50 goals in 98 games for Motherwell. Well, that's it, that's it, isn't it? And again, he's playing in the championship, he's playing in the high end of the championship as well. So, granted, he's not getting many goals at that level, but in the championship in England, you like to think, and the boy from Air United came from the, the non league and, and absolutely yeah. tore up the, the championship. So, you'd like to think that if, if Dundee United are going to be winning the league, then he's going to end up the top yeah. goal scorer. So, um, probably best we'll be taking a punt on him even if they then don't win the league he could still end up top goal scorer so for me there's there's more value in backing him um, than Brian Graham's too to short now I think Brian Graham's too short now 4-1 to one. I think Brian Graham's definitely going to be Thistle's top goal scorer this season he'll probably score 15 plus goals maybe 
So I had a look at Brian Graham Greg and I thought, wait, he just he's 35 years, and I'm thinking, God, he's not he's not even going to play all, all the games for Partick Thistle. Last season he played 45 games, the most he's ever played in his career. We feel the big guy's in good shape. I think yeah, he score goals. He almost score goals. I just I think was, the four to one's a bit poor. Yeah, I was looking no. at that short short price and trying to find a way of opposing it, thinking, well, he's 35, he'll never, he'll never play all those games. And uh, there you go, he's still going strong. So I wouldn't let that put you off. What I would what would put me off is we're still probably trying to decide how Earth this are going to do this season. Yeah. Are they going to have yeah. as good a season as they had last what towards the end of last season? And I think there's probably a couple of other clubs in the league that will be up there as well. So yeah. may not score as many goals as you did last season. Okay, so I think the general conclusion is Dundee United should get the job done at 11-8, probably a wee bit too short to back, but if you do fancy Dundee United, then Louis might be away uh, in. Uh, just on that note, I, I fully fancy Dundee United to win the league. Okay. Just to be clear. Okay, yep, made that crystal clear. <laughs> um, let's have a wee look at League One with Falkirk, as usual. <laughs> Top the market here. 2-1, uh, they are facing their fifth consecutive season in League One, which is just incredible for a club of Falkirk size. Uh, Hamilton obviously went down via the playoffs, unfortunately. Lost out to Airdrie there, 5-2 to two to go up. Interestingly, Hamilton have stayed full-time. John Rankin is the gaffer there. I think they're under new uh, ownership as well, or someone on the board has, has um, taken over uh, shareholding in, at Hampton. So interesting to see how they develop. Uh, we've next got Cove Rangers at 92, bit of a disaster of a season last season, Greg. I think, they actually, I think they actually got worse when Paul Hartley returned. It did, it really <laughs> did. <laughs> um, so I don't know how they're going to go. Things don't look great after the, the League Cup campaign. Still shipping goals. I think they lost 11 in their four League Cup group games, although they did score 10. Um, the one that's interesting for me here is Stirling Albion at 40-1. to 1. <laughs> Obviously, they got that probably the most eye-catching result of the League Cup so far was their win over St. Johnson. Uh, but they finished the season brilliantly last season. I think they went 19 unbeaten before losing the final game of the season to Albion Rovers when the, everything was, was done and dusted. Um, am I right in saying they've been unbeaten in the, no, have they been unbeaten in the League Cup as well? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I, so I believe they're unbeaten. I don't know, they might not do anything, but you've got to kind of look at that on paper and think, well, they're in a fairly decent shape for a team who's just been promoted up a league. Yeah, just before that point, I think the bookies have got it spot on, in my opinion, on the kind of top four. Falkirk, Hamilton, Cove and Queen of the South. There's then quite a big jump from Queen of the South at 5-1 to one, down to kind of Alloa and Kelty Hearts at kind of 12s and 14s. But back to your point about Sterling Albion, I think they could be 100 to 1, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the top. But I certainly don't expect them to be bottom or second bottom. I think they could definitely can compete with, with Aaron, Edinburgh City, Kelty Hearts. I don't know how they're going to go on this season. Montrose should do enough to be trying to get into the playoffs. But in the season, you have to imagine it's going to be a combination of the kind of top four teams that I mentioned, Falkirk, Hamilton, Cove and Queen of the South. But I, I do think some and Albion will be competitive yeah. and we'll see them finishing bottom. I, I agree. I think the potential from a punting point of view is maybe they might give a few clubs a few bloody noses on their yeah. way yep. this season. Um, I see they're fairly short price on Saturday at 3-4 to to win against Edinburgh City, but I think they should definitely be one that we, we keep an eye out for uh, as the season progresses. Uh, Paul, have you take much money in this, this league? Again, because of the, it's so competitive, there've been bets on on a number of teams. So, so it's, it's been out of the three three leagues. This has been the one that, which we've taken the most bets on because the facts are. I mean, and that not 
why we were saying that Stirling Albion probably won't get there. There's four full-time teams in the league this season, <laughs> yeah. which is just, just yeah. I mean, it's just unheard of for for a League One to have four four full-time teams. So you'd like to think that that'd be the reason why it would be one of these four teams, and you, and you can make a, a case for for them all. Um, I mean, I like the looks of Cove Rangers. I know we said that they ended the season quite badly, but I do like Paul Hartley as a manager. He knows the the leagues down here down here really well. I think he'll be embarrassed about how they finished the season last season. Um, I think they've made some good signings as well. Paul McGowan coming down to to this level should be too good for 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 League One. Um, well, you could say thing. Paul as well as Montrose at sixteens. Um, it's probably the only one that kind of really jumps out. Obviously, Stuart Peter's done a great job at Montrose. Kind of fell away in, in the last season. They've got Keane Hester from Elgin, and I think he's your top goal scorer, isn't he? In terms of the well, markets. I mean, that's that's the amazing aspect of it, and that's what shows you the competitive of this league. We've got Falkirk as the 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 favourites to win the league, but the first Falkirk player in the betting for top goal scorer was something like fourteen to one. Because again, we just we just don't know who the number one star striker is going to be. Whereas you know, yeah. Kane Hester is going to get a few, few goals. But then even Rory McAllister's in it. Oh yeah, the two, the two League One so two. goal scoring legends, MM exactly, and uh, Rory McAllister, Mitch Meganson seventy one, and Rory McAllister eight to one. Obviously, Mitch Meganson, he's been in that league for obviously Cole for quite a few seasons now. I don't know if Rory McAllister's going to play every week at Montrose. Now Kane Hester's there. So that's that no, probably put me off that a little bit as well. Sorry, Paul, I was going to say it's interesting. You know, when you look at some of these uh, top goal scorer markets, we've touched on uh, Brian Graham, who you see 35, Louis Moults 31, you've got Mitch Meganson, who's 31 now, Rhoda McAllister's 36, you've even got Connor Salmon in there with Alloa, 16 31, 36-year-old. <laughs> it just seems to be we kind of gravitate towards all these guys because they've done it in the past. Looking at that uh, top goal scorer market in League One, I don't think anyone comes c- close to Mitch Megan's in terms of scoring record. And he's 71 in a league, as you say, Greg, that he's actually done it before. Well, do you know level. what, though? They've signed the boy, they've signed the boy uh, Burrell from Falkirk last season who, who, who did really well. So And he might be the guy that gets goals. So yeah, you just don't know if that's going to get the games. Market, well, that's it. That's it. In this moment, and it's difficult going on how the teams have lined up in the, the the league cup as well, because the last couple of games, if they've got none to play for, they could just be using it as a pre-season aspect of it. So, again, with these markets, it's, it'll be seen. And and do you know what? As well, the last couple of years, the guy who's ended up winning it hasn't even been quoted at the beginning of the season. Yeah, <laughs> or, or not, but not or not even just been quoted, but maybe finishing in the top three. Sort of like boy Charlie Riley last season for Albion Rovers. He's now signed for Dundee, but it wasn't even wasn't even in the betting. Mm-hmm. Some guys come on loan from Hearts or from from yeah. Hibs or something and end up playing for for one of the teams. End up ending up being top goal scorer. So there's always somebody that might end up coming in here who who's not even quoted yet. So these are we get slagged off for these markets all the time, and you sort of think, Do you know what? And people like best. betting on them. They're there. <laughs> yeah, they're there for a, they're there to for a bit of interest. We're not yeah. expecting guys to be putting. 500 quid on them. They're for people who put fives and tenors and have have a, an idea for the rest of the season. But I'll tell you, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, as you say, you're putting Connor Salmon in. You he, he scored hardly any goals the last couple of seasons. But you know what? Somebody was slagging us off. Oh, what have you got him in there? I was praying for him every week. I was hoping he scored just so he could, he could get in that. And at one point, he really he was on ten goals. I thought 
I would absolutely love it <laughs> Kevin Keegan style. Love it if he sneaks <laughs> in at each way place just so I could, I could bookmark that tweet and send it back to him. But again, you only need 12 or 14 goals to yeah, end up in, yeah. uh, in these each way places. And I think that's what punters, punters seem to forget when we're doing these markets. Yeah, yeah. and do you know what you do? You, you put them at win only and you put the real price on them and the boys start moaning because they can't get an each way bet. And it's you like, do you know what, more. lads? You can't win. You can't win. Just I on think. League One, I think for me, Falkirk at 94, as you say, Paul, fifth time lucky. Surely, surely to God, they're going to come up this season. I think they've got a good chance. I think they'll have a better season than last season. Last season, the game was really disappointing. To, to not go up. Obviously, it was tough with the firmer in the league. Airdrie were fantastic last season. I just think Falkirk could be their year, um, 94. I'm happy to back the 94 in Falkirk. Okay, fingers crossed for the Falkirk fans. Uh, it's been it's been a long wait. It's been a long wait to get out of that that league. I don't know if they can take another season in League One, but uh, best of luck to them. Uh, okay, let's wrap up with a quick look at League Two. I think even just looking at the betting market, this looks like the toughest one to call of all of them. Uh, East Fife head the market at the moment, hundred to thirty with McBookie four for nineteen to five. Dumbarton, who looked for a long time last season as if they were maybe going to be the team to come up there, five to one. Steny at six to one. Then we've got the two teams that went down: Peterhead and Clyde, thirteen to two and seventy one, respectively. Um, anything standing out for you in this one, Greg? In my notes, I've written down anyone confidently. Picking a selection in the, in this league is an out and out liar. It's after heat. <laughs> yeah, I think the market shows how tough it's going to be. I, I, I'm you can't pick a winner here for me. East five leading the bet in four to one. They'll have a good season. I've got no idea what Nick Clyde are going to be in. Well, let me tell you, I was speaking to someone today who saw them at Hamilton, and I don't even think they filled a bench. Uh, when they played at Hamilton, I think they, they are not in a good shape at all. Um, I think they finished bottom of the, the League Cup group, as did Peter Head, who don't look as if they've improved any uh, for dropping down either. Yeah, I think in my notes, I've got two. I've got East Fife and Steny, top two, but with absolutely zero confidence. It's, it's anybody's guess, this league. I think it'll be a good league for goals again. It was really good for last season for, for goals. This is the, the both teams to score dream League Two. There's so little between the sides that you often find both teams scoring League Two. I'm sure, Paul, on a Saturday when people are back and they're both in the score Rackers, there'll be lots of teams um, from League Two in the Rackers. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, anything of interest from our betting point of view, Paul? I mean, just Clyde are the, are, are the main ones. I mean, we put them in as favourites yeah, and got slagged off for, for that, and now they're out to eight to one. So that mm. was one that we got wrong. So a worthy slagging. Um, <laughs> I think they were struggling for injuries with that, that Hamilton game. So I I'd, I'd, I'd still wouldn't write them off yet. Um, I mean, I heard that they're, just, that they're looking to keep their fitness up in terms of being one of the fittest teams in the league. And that's the sort of stuff that you need to, to win to win these, these lower divisions. I think the interesting one, again, because the teams that came up from the Lowland or the Highland have done mm. so well in recent years, you always just... And this, we made the mistake with Bonnie Rigg last year, didn't we? Thinking, oh well, Cove have done it, Kelly Hearts have done it, Edinburgh City have done it. So, so you're expecting Bonnie Rigg to have done it because they didn't do it. We were discussing, okay, what price Spartans? And because Spartans, mm. and I, it was quite a shock of them winning the league last last year. The fact yeah. that they, I think they even finished above the B teams was 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 amazing for them. So we, I wrote them off completely. 
They've had a fantastic League Cup campaign. And it wasn't and a shock that be... was it? It wasn't a shock them beating Dundee United. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they performed well against it, not even just against Dundee United, they performed well in, in all their games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so whilst we were sort of looking at it and thinking, oh, well, well, we'll write them off, they're the ones that have been backed for a, for a bit of but each way each way value and then now I'm looking at it and thinking oh well, well that was probably one that we got we got wrong as well because there is nothing between these teams and Blair Henderson a well-known player at these lower levels yep. still scoring goals for Spartans good Scored enough to play game, I think, surprise yeah, yeah. to see Nathan Austin at 2-1 to one. as I'm not surprised at all I think he's going to have a great season he's going to score goals for these five I'm surprised he's as short as 2-1 to one, though Again, it's 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 history, isn't it? It's, I mean, he scored the hat trick, scored the hat trick in uh, in the game against Elgin. Um, with these, with these, at this lower level, it's about will the guy play every week, and if the yeah. team score, how likely is it that that boy's going to score? And even if these five don't win the league because he's so prolific, the chances are if they get beat three one, he'll be the one that, that scored the goal. Um, and certainly when he was at Kelly Hearts, when Kelly Hearts won the league, it was just basically a licence to print money. Back up a score first, back up a score any time, back up a score two or more, back up a score, score last. <laughs> back up a score last, and, and it was just one of those. And now, now I know Kelly Hearts were, were head and shoulders above the rest of the team in, in that league. Uh, and, and, and East Fife probably won't be winning the games four or five nil sort of thing, but um, at least at this point of the season, we know he's going to be the main man Bar, bar an injury uh, whereas with the other teams you're, you are looking at and think well there might be two or three that could end up being their, their men men similar with one month one throws so it was similar with Kane Hester when he played at Elgin yeah. I mean Elgin were never really troubling the, the judge um, yet he was always one of the top goal scorers because he was the guy that continually scored for Elgin um, so that's that's the key with finding a top goal scorer bet in, in these lower leagues yeah, you're still having a laugh at 2-1. We've priced up um, Nathan Austin to win, uh, Nathan Austin to be top goal scorer and he's five to win the league. Seven to one. There you go, a bit more value for you. Mm, mm, yeah, I'll leave it. A two to one and a four to one double. This is worse. <laughs> this is worse than being on Twitter. <laughs> uh, just on the Spartans, uh, much like maybe Sterling Albion in the league above Spartans might be Greg, someone we keep an eye on there. Even money. Yeah, absolutely. Went at home against Clyde on Saturday, which I don't think looks the worst shout at all. There was what two divisions between separating the two sides, but um, it feels like two clubs heading in opposite directions. Yeah, I would say so. Like I said a minute ago, I just don't know what to expect from Clyde. And Spartans at evens, as you say, every chance. Obviously, the first couple of rounds of matches just urge people just to go in easy, especially yes. in League Two. God, you can't be going yeah. big in League Two in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. I think East Fife, at uh, hope Peter Head's been backed in. Uh, now three to four, East Fife. Yeah. That looks not a bad shout as well. And interesting to see how Elgin do this season. I think everyone's expecting them to finish bottom of, mm-hmm. of League Two for a few reasons. They've lost a top goal scorer and there's maybe some financial problems there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they got on. But Bonnie Lake Rosie to Barton, for example. <laughs> six, six to four, 12 to five to the draw and six yeah. to four. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that just but on that thought, just shows you how ridiculous these anti post prices are compared to the match betting because we've just discussed yeah. Park Thistle, Park Thistle and Wraith Rovers, both five to one, six to one to win the league. 
you get a nearly three to one for Wraith Rovers to beat Park Thistle on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so one of the prices is wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, I think we've kind of covered a lot there in the past what, hour and a bit. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up, Greg? No, I think that's it's been really good. And it's always always great having Paul on the podcast, even though we give him a bit of a hard time sometimes. And um, we'll definitely have Paul back on the podcast um, halfway through the season, and we'll give him another grilling. <laughs> Indeed, and we'll check check how some of these bets are going. Uh, Paul, any kind of final word from you in terms of what we should be looking out for this season? I think previously we've discussed the introduction of VAR and various bits and pieces the season ahead. Anything else that you'll be keeping an eye on? Do you know one thing? I was going to mention it in the last. Uh, last podcast but I forgot uh, but, but I thought I'm going to I'm going to raise it in this one see if you're having a bet this season on stats betting players to have tackles players to have shots on targets please don't think the bookmaker is cheating you <laughs> when it gets settled as a loser the bookmaker has no no power over Opta and the decision making process that Opta <laughs> have a little word of warning if you're going to have a bet on these markets Learn the rules and accept the rules or stop betting on them. That would be my advice for people <laughs> having a bet on these markets. Honestly, is that, that was a shot. throw-ins and go kicks, Paul. That, that was a shot on target. And I'm looking at it and thinking, yeah, that probably was a shot on target. And then Opta don't give it. And it's like, well, what do you want me to do? I can't settle it as a winner because Opta haven't given it. Yeah, that's that's what it boils down to. But again, the conspiracy theories are out that the bookies are paying Opta to say that won't be a shot <laughs> on target. Because of course it was it was the Bet three six five boost that Harry Kane would have a shot on target, and they've now nobbled the boy at Opta because it'll cost them so much money. It's like no, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. I mean, it's just crazy. It's it's the boy it's the boy at the ground who's who's making his decision. It's like the card markets, isn't it, Greg? We've seen it before where we think a St. Johnson player being booked and it turns out that it wasn't him and yeah, it ends up yeah. who, who the press association give it to. Listen, it is a tough no rule seat. when... Yeah, it's a tough rule when you basically say, oh, it's the boy at the press association. I was listening to Open All Mics on, on Saturday and it was like... Who scored that goal? Oh, it was Leon Miller for Motherwell. Oh, well, PA have gave it to this other guy. And, it's, and, and I'm thinking to myself, God, that's going to cause us a bit of problems on the first goal scorer market. So I think, listen, a lot of the times the bookies maybe could play a little bit a little bit better with some of the, the ones when, it's, when it is so obvious. But by the same nature, they maybe do have to stick with the, the, the opter, the, the, the decision makers. And if we don't, we don't go away from that. I had one the other day, corner market... He was his customer said he was watching the game and the corner was given in 14 minutes and 58 seconds and, and then Opta gave it at 15 minutes 16 seconds so it was the 16th minute so so his bet was a loser and it's, and, and you, you do you sort of think to yourself well, that's a tough that's a tough mm. break isn't it but sometimes it'll work for you something yeah yeah well that's it sometimes it'll work for you sometimes it won't but as I say if you're going to be betting on these markets and I, I just know I watch the games and I think I'll go and type in shot on target on a Twitter and you'll just see the stream of people. I can assure you Paul there'll ah. never be any player shots or player tackles or passes on my channel. I can assure you that. <laughs> nah, it's not, it's not something we generally indulge in but um, yeah, we'll be charging you for this therapy session. 
That's just boil up for six months on my, on my mindset. I just, I just think, what is going on? Come on, boys, we're no... I wish I could knobble the opta boys, eh? I wish you yeah. could have any influence <laughs> on them. What they don't I guess know, I waited half an hour of you ranting before we even started the impression. <laughs> as well. I guess just to recap then, I've got obviously two or three strong selections yeah. and posts that I'll just kind of recap now. Yeah, so in terms of out and out right winners for the leagues, I'm going to take a Dundee United and Falkirk double. An absolute zero thrills. I yeah. do think United will get the job done, and I do think Falkirk will get the job done, and that pays just under six to one. But for me, the value and my main focus this year is going to be on the bottom six in the Scottish Premiership. I think Livingston at one to three for this bottom six is is buying money. I don't like using that saying normally, but I think it's an absolute banker. As is St Johnston to finish bottom six at two to nine, and the bottom two clubs I think for me are going to be St Johnston and Livingston in any order. St Johnson finishing the bottom two is nine to four, and Livy finishing the bottom two is five to two. And to finish bottom, St Johnson nine to two, and Livingston eight to one. Okay, uh, Paul, do you get any bets that you want to kind of commit to before we wrap up? Obviously, I can't back Louis Malt because no other bookies offering top goal scorer, but that would be one of my recommendation. And the other bet that I've done personally, I've backed. Cove Rangers each way in League One and Forfar each way in League Two and I've done them in a double as well. So they're my they're my anti post bets so far. Okay. So there you go. There's a bookie asking you to bet Louis Moult with him because he's only one off on the market. It's <laughs> 71, so I expect to see that price tumble before the weekend. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a, a very thorough look ahead towards the season. Uh, we, as Greg says, will catch up some way through the season and maybe revise how some of these bets are doing and seeing if there's any uh, kind of mid-season value on some of these markets that we've discussed. In the meantime, don't forget you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg, where you can also find details of how to join his private betting channel. Greg, there's already bets up there for the weekend. Yes, as always, they've been shared I think somewhere last week, actually, in terms of this weekend's fixtures. And the bookies played ball this week. I think they got prices out first thing Monday morning. So, yeah, there's already three or four bets shared in the channel for the weekend. Yep, and currently there's a couple of offers on the go. If you sign up just now, you can get your first month for half price. You'll pay the full price and we'll refund uh, the £10 difference. Or if you want to sign up for the year, you can get 12 months for the price of nine at the moment with the season ticket offer, which is available for the time being. Uh, and as far as Paul's concerned, if you don't already have a MateBookie account, make sure you visit MateBookie.com. If you're based in Scotland, you can join the Tartan Clubs at right, Paul, and you can also get £20 when you bet your first £5. £20 where you bet your first £5. Tartan Club is invite only once you become Ooh. a regular. Oh, that sounds very premium. Um, <laughs> so yeah, mcbookie.com, have a visit there. Um, and that's us for this week's Anti-Post podcast. We'll be back with the Norwegian Football Podcast and we'll settle into a regular uh, weekly Scottish podcast uh, next week. So make sure you listen for that. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to this podcast and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. Good luck. Nice one. Take care, boys. <laughs>